Well, as I said before, for the past few weeks, we have been studying some of the attributes of God. And you know, the more I study who God is, the more I study what He can do, the more I am convinced that He is incomprehensible. And what I mean by that is not that we can't understand anything about God, but the more He reveals Himself to us, the more I realize that there is so much that I do not yet know about our God. He is truly incomprehensible. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the omnipotence of God. And when we say that God is omnipotent, we simply mean that He is all-powerful. And as we are considering the omnipotence of God, I want to begin by asking you to think about your life. I want you to think about what is going on in your life. And if there is something that is currently in your life that you wish that you could do, Maybe something that you wish that you could change or you wish that you could have, but you don't have the ability, you don't have the power, or you don't have the resources to do it. And maybe it's something like your living or your job situation. You wish that you could live somewhere else, but you can't. Or you wish that your job was different. Maybe that you had a better income or maybe that you had a better work environment to work in. Or maybe it's a loved one. There is someone that you care about that you know is heading down the wrong pathway. Maybe they have a, an addiction or maybe there's someone or something that is drawing them away. And you wish you had the ability to open their eyes and just turn them around. Or it might be something more personal in your own life. Maybe it's a, an, a health issue. It's a, a, an issue that a doctor can't diagnose or they have diagnosed it and they are unable to treat it. Or maybe you're dealing with depression or anxiety or a sin issue that's in your life that has you held down and you can't seem to find the power to break it. Well, the point that I'm trying to make here is that there are things in all of our lives that we cannot do anything about. And it's because we are finite creatures. We have limitations, we have boundaries, and we have restrictions. But you know, when I was a little child in uh, Sunday school, we used to sing a song that was called, My God is So Big. And it went like this. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. And you know, this song taught me that although we have limits, God doesn't. God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He has infinite, unlimited, boundless power. In other words, God can do anything. And that's something that I want us to see throughout this entire message this morning is that God can do anything. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, oh, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And then in Matthew 19, 26, Jesus is speaking and he says, with man, this is impossible. Jesus is pointing out that man doesn't have the ability to save himself. Man has limits. So he says, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so as creatures, we see that we have restraints and we have weaknesses. For example, we get tired, we get hungry, we get out of breath, we get irritable with each other. 
And sometimes our minds get foggy. And I don't know how many people I have talked to who, who have said, I don't know what it is about this pandemic, but for, for some reason, my head is very foggy and I'm tired all the time. I could sleep all day. And that's understandable because as creatures, when we get stressed out, our weaknesses come to the front and we can see how weak we are. But for God, but for the Creator, there are, there's no restrictions and there are no deficiencies in God. Nothing is impossible for God and nothing is difficult for God. Isaiah 40, 29 says that He never grows weak or weary. Psalm 121, 4 says that God never sleeps or slumbers. Think about that. God has never gone to sleep in all of eternity. Hebrews 13, 8 says that God is the same yesterday, today, and for, uh, forever. In other words, God is perfect. He never changes. He doesn't need to. He doesn't get any better, and He can't get any worse. And God doesn't grow old. Father time has no hold on God. And God has never said, you know, I remember back in the day when I was able to do this or that. God does not get older. God is omnipotent, and God has nothing that is too difficult for Him to do. A.W. Tozer writes this, because He has at His command all the power in the universe, the Lord God omnipotent can do anything as easily as anything else. All His acts are done without effort. He expends no energy that must be replenished. His self-sufficiency makes it unnecessary for Him to look outside of Himself for a renewal of strength. All the power required to do all that He wills to do lies in undiminished fullness in His own infinite being. In other words, God possesses all power. And this includes the power that you and I have. The power to think, the power to reason, the power to love. In other words, the power to live. It's been temporarily entrusted to us by God. We are simply stewards of God's power, but oftentimes we can forget that. We can forget that and we can think that we are actually in control, kind of like Pontius Pilate. Remember the governor of Rome that Jesus was standing in front of and Jesus would not defend himself. And Pontius Pilate, it sounds like he's frustrated and he's like, listen, why will you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you or I have the power to crucify you? And what does Jesus say? He says, well, actually that's not true. You would not have any power over me unless it had been given to you from above, from God. And so we need to understand that the power that we have to live is on loan to us from God. Steve Larson says that God doesn't have to take our life. He just stops giving it. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. And you might be thinking, really? There's nothing that God cannot do. And this is something that skeptics have said over the years. You know, you're saying that there's nothing that God cannot do. And they will raise questions like this. If God can do anything, can he make a rock that is too big for him to lift? Or if God can do anything, if he's omnipotent, can he make a square circle? And you know, questions like that on the on the surface may sound intelligent, but the more you dig into them and the more you look into them, you realize that they are just illogical jibber jabber. They are meaningful words that are strung together that don't really 
mean anything. For example, when you ask, can God create a rock, an omnipotent God create a rock that he doesn't have the power to lift up, it's illogical. It's like asking, can you lay on the ground and then stand up at the same time? That doesn't make sense. And when it comes to like a, a square circle, think about it. If you take a square and you change one of its sides, you make it longer or you make it oblong, it's by definition no longer a square. It doesn't make sense. And you know, these types of questions are what the theologians call vain curiosity. It's speculations that take us away from what scripture is clearly teaching. And you know, it is, it is fun to ask questions like this and to think about this, but we've got to be careful that we don't let them muddy the waters of what scripture is explicitly teaching. And you know, when we say that God is omnipotent, a more precise definition would be that God has all power to do what he desires to do within logical actions. And you know, with that said, there are some things that God cannot do. He cannot die. He cannot get sick and he cannot sin. But you know, these things are not strengths. Dying and getting sick and sinning are weaknesses. In other words, God cannot be weak. Hebrews 6.18 says that it is impossible for God to lie. That's another thing that he cannot do. Numbers 23.19 says that God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? And so scripture is clear that God cannot lie or break a promise. But when you think about it, why do people lie? People usually lie because they're trying to get out of trouble. Like a child who has done something and who lies to try to get out of trouble with his parents. People also lie because they are trying to get something that they couldn't get without lying. For example, a politician may lie, may lie in order to get votes votes that he couldn't get, he or she couldn't get otherwise. And so lying is, it's not a strength, but rather lying is a weakness. And since God is omnipotent, he doesn't need to lie to protect himself or to get what he wants. Which leads to our next question, which is this, where does an 800 pound gorilla sit? Wherever he pleases, right? Which leads us to the next question, what does the God who created the 800-pound gorilla do? Whatever he pleases. And that's what I want us to see is that God, because he's omnipotent, he does as he pleases. Psalm 135.6 says, The Lord does whatever pleases him in the heavens and on the earth, in the seas and in all their depths. Isaiah 14, 27 says, For the Lord of hosts has planned, and who can frustrate it? And as for his outstretched hand, who can turn it back? And the answer to that is no one, because God has supreme power, and so he does as he pleases. And you know, there are those that would say, well, that's not fair. Why does God get to do what he wants to do? Why do we have to do it God's way? And I love what J. Vernon McGee says. This is God's universe, and God does things his way. You may have a better way, but you don't have a universe. You know, that is ludicrous. 
when you think that the creation would look at the omnipotent God and tell him that he's doing things wrong. If you remember last week, Pastor Terry talked about God's omniscience. God's not just omnipotent, but he's omniscient. He knows everything. There is nothing that God does not know. And yet his creation will argue with him and saying, God, you don't know what you're doing. But when we think about who God is, that he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, and he's loving, and we bring those, just those three attributes together, we realize that we have a God that we can come to and trust in and worship. And not only that, it's such a good thing that God does as He pleases because He is also good. He's infinitely good. Everything He does is good. All you have to do is look at creation. And in Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if we could just grasp that one verse, if we could just understand a little bit more deeply that God created the heavens and the earth in our minds and in our hearts, we would explode with worship to God. It says that in the beginning, God created everything out of nothing. That is, that is amazing. We need to stop and really think about that. Take your hands like this and, and hold them in front of you. There is, if you speak, try to speak things into existence, you know you can't do that because we are finite beings. But the Word of God teaches that God created everything because He's omnipotent out of nothing. You know, Genesis 1-3 says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And light is one of the most fascinating creations that God ever created for many reasons. But I want to look at just one of its properties, and that is its speed. Light travels at 186,282 miles per second. And just to give you perspective, that means that it can travel around the world seven and a half times in one second. So I want to ask you a question. Is Usain Bolt, is he fast? And you know, the, the answer to that depends. It depends on who or what you're comparing him to. And for the, those of you who may not know who Usain Bolt is, he is the only sprinter who has been able to win the gold medal in the 100 meter and the 200 meter dash. He did that in three consecutive Olympics and he actually holds the world record in both of them. In the 200 meter, his record is 19.19 seconds. And humanly speaking, I think that that is pretty fast. But you know what? By the time the gun goes off, and Usain begins to run, and by the time he crosses the finish line, did you know that light can travel to the moon and back? Seven and a half times. That's there and back, that's one. There and back, that's two. So by the time that Usain Bolt is able to run 200 meters, light is able to travel 3 billion 574,751.58 miles. Is Usain Bolt fast? Not compared to God. Isaiah 46, 5 says this, To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be alike? And the answer to that is no one. No one is like God. And you know, the solar system that we live in has one star in it known as the sun. It also has the earth and the moon and all the other planets. 
and our solar system is contained within the Milky Way. And the Milky Way galaxy is just one of an estimated two trillion galaxies that exist in the observable universe. And you know, when scientists want to measure the universe, they don't use feet, they don't use yards, they don't even use miles. They use what we call light years. And as I said earlier, light can travel 186,282 miles in one minute. And in one year, it can travel 5.88 trillion miles. Now the Milky Way galaxy, just to get perspective of how big the Milky Way galaxy is, it's believed to be over 100,000 light years across. Think about that. 100 thousand light years across. Now, where is our solar system located in the Milky Way? Well, it's so small you can't even see it. And scientists say that if the solar system were the size of a quarter, then the Milky Way would be the size of North America. And what's interesting about the Milky Way is that it it in and of itself, it's again, it's only one of two trillion galaxies, but the Milky Way in and of itself contains hundreds of billions of stars. And scientists tell us that if you began counting the stars at one star per second, it would take you 2,500 years to count all the stars that are in our Milky Way galaxy. That doesn't include all the stars and the other two trillion galaxies. You know, that makes me ask, how great is our God? Isaiah 40, 25 through 26 says, to whom then will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. Who brings out the host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. And he created and he knows every single star. And not only the stars, the billions of stars that are in our galaxy, but all the stars that are within the entire universe. And when I think about things like that, when I consider these things, it makes me agree with the psalmist when he said in Psalm 8, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. And when I get a small glimpse of who God is, it's, it freshly reminds me that it's not about me. It's not about you. It is about the omnipotent God who created all things. And it reminds me that we are insignificantly significant. We are significant to this omnipotent God. And that's what makes this so amazing that God, the infinite God, that is incomprehensible, has come to us. And He wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. 
the omnipotent, almighty God who is able to do far more exceedingly than we could ever think or imagine. He invites us to come to Him through His Son that we might know Him, that we might come to Him with our burdens, that we might come to Him with our joys, that we might come to Him with our lives and our, our dreams and desires and lay them at His feet, knowing that He has the power and that He has the wisdom to deal with that which we are unable to handle in our own strength. And so I want to encourage us as a church to continue to meditate on who God is, to continue to meditate on these truths and to humbly draw near to our God and to trust and worship Him because of who He is.